Welcome to the Lakeland Sports Guys, the longest-running sports podcast in the Lakeland since 2018. We've been at the helm here at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. I'm Tom Carroll along with Chris Cox. The coach, Dan Spivey, in the house along with us. There's a lot to talk about, Chris. Uh, a good weekend, rivalry weekend in college. Uh, we had also the semifinals in high school. We dive a little bit into both of those throughout the time. But uh, First and foremost, though, how was your Thanksgiving? That was good, man. How about y'all? That's awesome. I know y'all were awesome. both y'all were close together. Yeah, we, I was in Mount Pleasant. We were down on the down coast. The yeah. <laughs> so anytime you're in Mount Pleasant, you're in, you're in that's God's country right there, man. I tell you what, my brother-in-law ended up cooking six or frying six turkeys. Wow. That was and and we ate them all. There was nothing left. But of course, we had about uh, 20, 25 folks. I was gonna say, uh, plus you ate a lot of sandwiches yeah. afterwards, uh, you know, all through the <laughs> night. Along well, with that, so. but I did miss the parade. That's the only uh, thing about Thanksgiving that I got to miss. I was on the road on my way down there, but I uh, didn't get to see the, the Thanksgiving Day parade. So, and, and I can't find it anywhere online either. So I can't go back and rewatch. Go it. to YouTube. I'll have it. YouTube. <laughs> you really should check YouTube because they probably um, do have it. All right, I'll give so, it a shot tonight and see. Try it, man. man. Like I said, you and it was actually pretty good because there were two bands from South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I, that's always a pleasure to see you see a, a band steps up in there from like Allendale Fairfax. You're like, I know where that's at. <laughs> then you have all the Hawaiian bands and California bands playing in New York and everywhere else. But uh, that was the highlight of it, man. The winds were down, so they got to have the floats the and blooms, everything yeah. there. And so although it was a good day, and then you got football after that. So my lines took it took it on the chin, man. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Take I, I can't find a team saying nowhere. My Patriots are <laughs> awful. The Lions are pretty good this year, but like I said, I, I like Dan Campbell. What he does, it just to have lost that game the way he did to Green Bay hurts. Yep. All right. Well, let's start with the high school and uh, the weekend of champions has been set. Uh, so here are your winners from Friday night. Um, as far as the weekend of champions go, uh, this Thursday, seven o'clock, the two A championship will get underway. And here's where you got uh, the the controversy, Oceanside taking on Gray Collegiate in that one. That'll be a 7 o'clock game. Notice that it's the only two private schools that are going to be just on one day that are there. There is another one, uh, that being Christ Church. They end up with a big win over St. Joe's. They're going to get to uh, host Johnsonville in the 1A at 2 o'clock on Friday. And then late game Friday night, 8 o'clock, 5A championship. Dutch Fort comes back to win without their starting running back, without their starting quarterback. They end up beating J.L. Mann. They'll get a rematch with White Knoll, who just absolutely had a, a field day uh, in, in drumming Somerville, uh, not just drumming, but stomping them in the ground for the most part. Um, so that'll be your 5A matchup, Dutch Fork taking on uh, White Knoll. And then Saturday, a doubleheader, 4A at noon. You got South Florence taking on Westside and the Rams. And then at 7 o'clock, the 3A championship, the Daniel Lions taking on the Camden Bulldogs. This, uh, these two teams have met six years in a row now? Something like that. Yes. They're six, no. Five of the last five, six years. Five yep. of the last six. These two have been on the 3A championship to go along with that. So um, that's kind of how it sets up. Good news is all these games are going to be aired on the Sinclair broadcasting stations that are out there here in the upstate. Uh, you can go to My40 um, out of the Asheville-Greenville area. That'll be the WMYA uh, in there. If you're down in Columbia, um, uh, Fox Digital Channel 57.2. Uh, that'll be Watch Fox uh, down there. Then WCIV. Uh, my TV in Charleston, and then you've got the Florence Myrtle Beach area. Uh, that'll be a WWMB, which is uh, CW21, I believe. I love watching are the you, games. I are just you, don't. Are like you going to be broadcasting? 
No, I tried I to. They, I hope they get some. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to go there. He stole I, my I'm, thunder. I'm telling you what, Benji and I should apply for that job and see what happens. He, yep. You stole my thunder because I'm saying, like I said, I will do my best if I'm at home. I'll try to get, you know, Tommy and them guys. They'll be down at the game, but – I just will not. It'll be on mute or else I'll be just watching. You know, I wouldn't mind doing it if it was like a, an internet broadcast without the video. Um, mm. uh, but I do not want to wear a tie coat at a football game. I mean, that's just. Hey, have you not seen the pros like guys like, um, who was the tight end for y'all that's now doing the, um, from the Panthers? That's doing TV now. He had the, he had the big coat on he had to tie and everything and he got up and he had his shorts like me so <laughs> i'm comfortable man y'all do what you want to do but oh yeah, well, he could go mcafee on him i could and yeah. just do a tank rip the top sleeves off rip and the sleeves <laughs> off and <laughs> put the sunglasses on and the hat and i'm just I'm, go I'm, dion on them but you I'm know jerome and them took a, a lot of shirt i'm not year. hard to find <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, I, I guess it's an image just to see. If, yeah. <laughs> so funny we'd do that. But at least we'll get to see the games on TV. Um, uh, you also get a lot of these stations, um, or these teams have uh, radio stations that do cover them. Uh, I think Johnsonville does have a, a radio station that's covering them this time around. I know um, Dutch Fork and White Knoll, neither of them do. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see if somebody picks that up. And then uh, uh, Westside, we know, has a radio station that follows them, as does um, Camden. So, Daniel, we'll see if, if uh, 105.5 ends they, up they, doing I feel it they, the I game. figure they will do that one. Yeah, it might be interesting to see if, if uh, the roar does or not. Well, you could call them and say, hey, y'all give us the airtime. We'll, we'll do the play-by-play for you. <laughs> I just couldn't watch it. Like last year was just awful, man. I just couldn't follow it. Well, it, it depended on who was doing the play-by-play, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Well, you know, Casey is a basketball guy. Yeah. We know that. I mean, and I, I get that he's a, he broadcasts and stuff, but, I mean, he's a basketball guy. To have him on for the league championship, tournament of champions for the high school was just ridiculous. The other guy did a pretty good job also. But that's when you bring your former coaches back in and say, hey, man, just give us an hour. Give us three days of your time. Help us out. You need to have some good, you know, some fun guys. I'd love to see Chris Liner. Well, you know, he's going to be quiet, but Jamie no. Nichols would be great. <laughs> I don't know if he would. He might be a little stale in that regard, but throw in a Tad DeBose or Coach DeBose would be great. Bennett. Uh, Bennett, yeah. yeah. Throw, oh, gosh, throwing Coach Bennett, that would be fun. Give me Coach Dockle. That's, what I'm gonna, <laughs> that's who I'm going to put. Uh, hey, put Coach Carter in there, uh, and enough said, right? Yeah. <laughs> Go that route. All right. Well, let's talk about the Abbeville game. Uh, they traveled on down to Columbia to take on Gray Collegiate in the Class 2A Upper State title game in this one. Um, uh, matter of fact, Gray Collegiate got the ball first, ended up going three and out pretty much. Uh, Abbeville comes back, ends up scoring first. They missed the uh, two-point conversion after that, so it's 6 nothing. And then uh, Gray Collegiate comes back, ties it up at 6-6, and there you go into halftime uh, with that score. And then uh, after that, it pretty much uh, was, you know, all great collegiate. Um, the closest Abbeville got was the 12 13 uh, third quarter score um, when we came back and almost tied it up in that regard. But for the most part, uh, you look at great collegiate. BJ Montgomery had two touchdowns. Tyler Waller threw for two more um, in that 27 to 12 win for great collegiate uh, overall. And, uh, you know, Demarcus Leach, he did – I thought he played really well, um, mainly on the offensive side of the ball. He had an 80-yard score that brought the Panthers within that 12-13 to win with about a minute thir- 10 uh, in that third 
quarter. But for the most part, I mean, it was Waller who really controlled this uh, great collegiate offense. He went 13 of 22 for 165 yards. He's going to put a couple of TD passes in amongst all of that. Uh, Montgomery, the running back, uh, he, he, he didn't break the, the century mark, but he had 96 on 24 carries. Um, and ended up scoring some key touchdowns in the in the mix of all that. So, uh, you know, overall, uh, Abbeville kind of struggled for the most part. Um, offensively, uh, just couldn't seem to get things going after that opening touchdown. Chasing one point, you would think, would not be that hard of a deal. Yeah. But in your mindset as a coach, man, chasing that point the rest of that game, I'm not going to say that's what one of the things that hurt Jamie Nichols and that team because they had a – they had a great season with a quarterback they didn't even need to had, man. Right. That's the key. If you want to talk about Abbeville football this year and what they learned this year is they went from not having a quarterback to having a pretty dang good quarterback, uh, as we know how he finishes up at Touchdown Club. But um, really great playing from Leach. Uh, I'm excited, man, to see what this kid can, can do later on down the road. But uh, all in all, good year because we when we saw him in Jamboree, we were kind of like worried about kicking. We were worried about the kicking game. You know, first and foremost. And they kind of corrected it. And then at the end of the year, that one game that they're going to start having some issues kicking it. That was the one flaw I had for the whole team, though, was the fact that they've got the good return guys and the two guys that they got right here that you mentioned. One's the quarterback, he still returns kicks. But, you know, he kicked the first ball out of bounds, and Gray said, nope, you're going to kick it again because we're going to return it. We don't want you to kick it out of bounds. We don't want the ball at 35. No, that's silly thinking for me. But anyway, um, they did well. After they did it, and it may force them to kick to them. And all in all, you know, I, I had a – let me clear up something really quick. I made a statement the other day that I had a lot of hatred for Gray. I don't have hatred for Gray Collegiate. I have hatred for the fan base. They think they're entitled to everything. It's entitlement that I have a problem with Gray Collegiate. And this week, another collegiate team is going to play them that I don't have a problem with. And if you hear anything from that Charleston area where you were at, Mount Pleasant, they love Oceanside Collegiate. Even Wanda, who loses the players to them, but they have the highest regards for the coaching staff and everything like that, and I've yet to hear that about Gray. So that's all i got to say about it. It should be a good game, but go Oceanside. Well, this this is uh, this along with the, the, the Class A game where you have Christchurch. You know, I want to pat those coaches and those players on the back and say, enjoy this year because this multiplier is going to hit you next year along with some other things. And you're moving up. You're going to have to play every game next year. You're going to – and you're going to be playing where you should have been playing for the last three, four, five, ten years. Um, it, it's bad enough that you've got a private school playing for a public school state championship, and that's what's going to happen in 2A. So, those two teams, well, you'd still, even with, um, well, I don't know, you might not have but one, but take the teams that those teams beat, take Abbeville and match them up against, who did? uh, Hampton County. Hampton County. Match them up against Hampton County and say, okay, this is public school state championship. We need another field. We need some officials. Get another trophy, Jerome. Because <laughs> this is what's this is what's due to these people. That that stunned me though. That's the one game you text me and said, "What game has stunned you so far?" It was Hampton County losing mm-hmm. at Oceanside. That one stunned me because I didn't see that one coming. The offense that the defense at Hampton County has been crazy all year. The only thing they gave up was what thirteen points mm-hmm. before that game they played against uh, Oceanside. But great year for them guys too, man. But I'm kind of like Stan. I mean. The multiplier is going to hopefully take care of the problem next year. We don't have to ask your own for a public and private, but 
that's the route they were going five years ago. They wanted the private schools to play each other in their own league. Gray was totally against it. Oceanside was okay with it. And now you got your you got your legacy collegiate. Uh, there's another one in Mount Pleasant. Um, you could have basically, I don't want to throw Greenwood Christian in there, but you could. Uh, you could take that Bethesda out of Savannah. Well, Green, Greenwood Christian's in that Skeezer league. Anyway, it is. So. But so. And that's where they wouldn't play. Gray wouldn't play Skeezer. They didn't want to no. play anything in Skeezer. So every time there's been a decision made against Gray and they didn't win it, they appeal. They use that money. And their lawyers, and, and that's another thing that just I don't respect it, man. Just and if they win it this year, I'll have to go shake the guy's hand. But I mean, we well, might this will be the last year he'll he probably won't win it next year because he's going to be moved up in at least one classification, if not two. And um, this has been a long time coming, and I'm glad to see that the Jerome and the board down there said, "Look, we need a competition committee, somebody that can look at the every." division, every region, every school, and come up with a plan that that makes it feasible and gives every school, every player, no matter where he's playing, when the, that first day of football practice and they put goals on the board, win a state championship, they legitimately feel like they can win it. And that's what this competition committee is going to do. And... Uh, this committee went through a lot of – jumped through a lot of hoops in a short period of time. I mean, they talked to other schools, associations outside the state of South Carolina. They talked to Georgia, North Carolina, Ohio, to find out what they did. And they took what they thought were the best principles from all of them and put together their own. And let's see how it plays out once this realignment comes out. And Jerome – and the board, I hope that y'all will stand by your guns because every one of these schools is going to appeal. When you when you put Christchurch into 3A, they going to appeal it. When you put Great Collegiate into 3A, they going to appeal it. We know it's coming, but just sit there and say, this is what the committee said. These are the rules. You either play by them or go somewhere else. Sorry, no, goodbye, shut the door. That's basically what Gray said the whole time. So we yeah. don't mind playing. Any, wherever you put us, we'll play it. You want to go to 6A, we'll play 6A. Well, let's, the, let's see if they will. Let's do it. No, they're going, you're right. They're going to peel. They're going to, they want the cake and eat it too. And it's it's just not their birthday no more. That's what I'm going to say about that. But <laughs> I'm right. excited for our regions up here, like 1A, though, that you do maybe get rid of yeah, your the Christchurch, Christ St. And Joe's, and Southside South Christian. Christian yeah. Even if they just go to 2A. Yeah, I mean, and I'm interested to see if we got any teams around here that are going to drop one or two ourselves or move up one or two. Yeah. Well, rumor is Abbeville 96 Might probably going to go to one. Yeah, based on the numbers that are there, which would leave you know <laughs> that'd be interesting because that throws them in yeah. Dixie's region. Yeah, um, but that's still Dixie, Calhoun. Well, maybe not so much Calhoun Falls, but Dixie, McCormick. Uh, they would at least still feel like they've got a, a fighting chance. We'll, we'll yeah, ask Coach Tarry that one because he's not going to want to see Happy Valley in his region. I, can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about Dix and the rest of them. But, and if that happens, it happens, but it's done the right way. It's done the right way. It's yeah, not, it's done for the right reasons. You know. All right. Yeah. Uh, as far as Abbeville goes, um, they've got some good guys returning. Norman's coming back. Leach is coming back. Hayden's coming back. Um, you know, you, you've got some really good juniors that are going to be coming back for this Abbeville team, and it looks like they're set up possibly make another good run next year. So. I thought it was cool you talking about Hayden, or Hayden, excuse me, is his name. 
He's the one that had the flea flicker for the touchdown pass. That's pretty cool when you expect every game you got to look for Jamie to have one plan play that he's going to, we call it just craziness. And he, and he pulls it out of his pocket and he throws it and it's a touchdown. And Gray was like just totally bombarded and stunned by it. They weren't even by within 25 yards of that kid I hear. So you always get it, man. Trickeration coming from Jamie Nichols. So. <laughs> Always a lot of fun. The other game I want to talk about was a really good game. It went into overtime, and that was Westside uh, hosting Greenville in, in uh, another Region 1 matchup for the upper state title game. Again, state title goes through Region 1 and 4A. Um, but what I thought was interesting was the fact that Coach Lane basically said, you know, I'm going to rely on my receivers to play both ways here. And so Mateo had some – I mean, he's going to get his, his catches in there, mm -hmm. but they were limited catches. He only had one touchdown on the night, and he was limited to just over 100 yards. It wasn't a lot. But between uh, Boston and, and Williams, uh, I thought they did a great job of turning around and, and playing on the defensive side and limiting his activity. And you know a lot with Westside, a lot of the, well Greenwood too. A lot of the guys that you're talking about with Boston and the other receivers, they turn around and play defense also. Both of the teams were now. I don't know that Bennett did, but I know Boston played a little bit of defense in that game. And like I said, I kept asking, man, I can't get another score. I, man, we're stuck at double overtime. I can't get a score. I, I kept flipping, thinking my live score screen was down or or had done shut down on me, so I moved to another one. And, so that whole game, and it wasn't until the very end that we finally got the final score, and it, it was the final score. I well, won, it was so. it was such an entertaining game. Westside, though, for some reason or another, their offense sputtered in the fourth quarter. They could not move the ball in the fourth quarter, which is a credit to Greenville's defense in that regard. But the fact that they fumbled in the red zone with, uh, what was it, a minute 30, yeah. I think, remaining, and it took Greenville two plays to get into the end zone uh, and tie the game up at 35. And then, of course, in overtime, it took two plays uh, once again uh, for Westside to end up scoring, Cutter Woods throws another great touchdown pass and, and then turn around and Boston comes up with a key interception in that overtime period to seal the win. Well, and I think this is one thing we saw with Greenwood and Coach Liner. We didn't see it till was it the North Augusta game in the playoffs, I think, where all of a sudden the Greenwood defense, we're not playing zone anymore. We're playing man. We're going to get man. We've got enough athletes that we feel like we can play your athletes man on man. And we saw a difference. We saw a difference at North Augusta. We saw a difference at Northwestern. Um, and I think you're going to start this with the teams nowadays spreading the ball out and wanting to throw it more. Uh, you're going to see more high school players, better athletes, on the, a lot of them that – might play on the offensive side. You're going to see him playing on the defensive side now because you're better players. And you're going to see more one-on-one -on -one competition on these receivers. They're going to, trying to cut down on some of these light west side and Cutter Woods has got all day to throw the ball. Well, all of a sudden now his receivers aren't quite getting open as much as they had been. And uh, – and this is where it comes in even more interesting. And in in, on um, Thursday we'll talk right. about the championship. But uh, Irma was a run-first team. team. And yep. you look at South Florence, and they, they took a beating mm -hmm. <laughs> with the big backs that got run at them. Now all of a sudden you got to come out with a finesse team like Westside to try mm -hmm. to cover their receivers. Not only one, but two, maybe three really good receivers are thrown in there. But don't forget about their running back. 
because their running back will hurt you. <laughs> we'll get the better of you. Uh, so that should be a fun one. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that. Also, another game that came down to the wire I just want to touch on briefly was Daniel taking on BHP. Mm-hmm. This was another game that Daniel uh, had to come up defensively uh, late in the game in the fourth quarter in order to come up with a win. And they end up, you know, uh, I think it was Henderson uh, uh, who ended up fumbling it. What was it, at like the 20-yard line? Yeah, a rare formal. Let's yeah. just call it what it was. But it's a good strip, though. You got to be expecting that, that at the end of a game like that and to come up with a play like that. I mean, I mean, like I said, that's probably the only game I won in the last two weeks is that Daniel game. And <laughs> that's just a credit, though. We got to give credit to BHP because y'all both went and saw the game before mm-hmm. that, and y'all were totally impressed with this football team. And I can only see better things coming along. So, I mean. BHP will be back next year probably, and just a great year. They'll well, get two of the three running backs back. Yeah. So yeah. Anderson's uh, the only one graduating. You got the two-headed monster now. The other one's going to graduate finally. So. <laughs> well, and, and, and next year, and this has been kind of the – kind of like the Region 1, uh, well, like with the 4A. It, the state champions come through this region year after year after year, and it seems like the same thing over there with Daniel and – BHP, one of those two teams is going to be in there for the hunt, if not both. This year it was both of them. Next year it might be Daniel again. It might be BHP. But uh, that, the state championship kind of runs through that area that way. So it does go that way. All right, uh, the other thing I want to make mention, coming up on Wednesday, Wednesday is the 29th, correct? Yeah. I believe so. Well, of course, that's a big night for Greenwood Wrestling. 50 years of wrestling mm-hmm. you know, over at Greenwood High School, and they're celebrating out there. A lot there. of the guys coming um, back. Yeah, got all the wrestlers, uh, including state champions from the past, that are going to be coming back. Um, they're going to be welcoming all those guys for alumni night, uh, which, by the way, if you haven't already, need to contact Coach Montz uh, and let him know that you're an alumni of the team because uh, you'll get in, you'll get, uh, what, dinner, free admission to the dual match that night as well where they're unveiling the new wrestling match, match. to go along with all of that. Um, but you need to give him a call and let him know so you can RSVP for the dinner and receive a ticket for that tri-match that's going to be coming up. So looking forward to that. That'll be a lot of fun, I think. Um, it's going to be loud and proud in there, I promise you. It will be that. Um, Emerald uh, doesn't have any activity going on sports-wise this week. It's kind of like a dead week as they get ready uh, to start everything up on the 4th of December um, on Monday. So they'll get things started. However, Greenwood does have uh, junior boys basketball uh, and girls uh, varsity basketball uh, tonight and tomorrow. So the boys, uh, JV plays tonight uh, at Greenwood, of all places. (laughs) Um, That'll be against South Aiken at 6.30. And then uh, the girls' basketball uh, tomorrow night, um, they'll be at South si- or South Aiken, I'm sorry. And the boys' basketball team will be at South Aiken as well um, for boys' and girls' basketball there. Then Wednesday we mentioned um, the wrestling, but they've also got junior boys' varsity, uh, junior varsity at uh, Brooklyn Casey, against Brooklyn Casey. That's at Greenwood High. Um, and then it just keeps getting better and better because uh, Friday night you got boys basketball again as they take on Brooklyn Casey uh, at home. So, I mean, it's just a you know, home fest we for floated, boys man. basketball yep. this week uh, over at Greenwood High. Um, but like I said, uh, nothing really going on this week over at Emerald. Uh, I think Abbeville's got some basketball games this week as well. I'll dive a little more into that uh, as I uh, for Thursday. Um and I don't think Dixie well, has anything this week. We're, we're in that transition period now. Yeah. We're through with high school football. And uh, a lot of people, you know, really this was the last week of college football. Unless 
you're one of the very, very few teams that are playing in a conference championship. Uh, so now it's starting. It's, this is that transitional period where we're we're going to start getting into more and more basketball, and uh, we want as much as we saw the Greenwood people come out and support the football team. Let's go support these basketball teams now. This is and these wrestling teams, and uh, see all that. It's going to be it's going to be fun times out there. Going to be a great time. Of course, we're at Howard's on Main in Uptown Greenwood. We invite you to come on by. B-Rad is here. He's got the bar up and running as of right now, and uh, happy hour already beginning. You can join them here uh, starting about 4 o'clock usually when they get underway, but he, he gets here early about 3 and gets everything go up and running. Um, and you can enjoy the great daily specials that they've got. I have the hot ham and cheese today on sourdough, which was absolutely wonderful. You went back to the ham and cheese. I okay. went back to my ham and cheese. Well, you were tired of turkey, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> had enough of that Thursday yeah, and Friday. I had enough did. of that all weekend long. So. Yeah. For the most part, so that was good to, to have. But we need to come on by and enjoy the great uh, entertainment here as well on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday nights. Yeah, you got a couple uh, of them sitting up there now. So. Yeah. Uh, Bad Weather State's played uh, last uh, Wednesday night. Wednesday, yeah. So uh, it was, I was told it was a full, full house to go along with that. So yeah, they always bring a good crowd when they do come. Well, let's talk a little bit about uh, college basketball to start before we get into the football aspect okay. of it. Uh, we'll start here in and around the Lander Bearcats. They come up with a big win over Carson Newman, 81-72 the final in this one. Uh, Dominic Stanford, uh, 20 points to lead all scorers in that non-conference matchup um, on Saturday afternoon. That was here at Lander, as a matter of fact. So uh, Lander uh, wins its fourth consecutive game. Improves to 4-1 and one on the season uh, to go along with that. But you also got to look at Taron Andrews. He had 16 on the night. Noah Dunn added 11. Uh, and Noah's the one you think would be the bigger scorer. Yeah, you would. I mean, like I said, the one man is smiling all the way to the bank today is Omar. Because I'm going to tell you, <laughs> he the first couple of years he was here, it wasn't what he was used to. No. And he, he's built his team on defense. And, I mean, that's what's really impressive. You know, Stanridge and, and, like you said, Noah Dunn. Those are going to be the key guys again this year, but it's going to be done defensively first, and then Port's going to come off of those. So, it should be some fun times over at, at um, Lander. I was going to say the name of it. Finest Horn. Finest Horn. I, 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 I see his face. I hear his voice, and I couldn't. Just, I was like, not there. I don't my know. brain was getting dead. Hit the butt. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, it, it's going to be fun this year watching that Lander basketball team, both sides of it, because you're, you're going to start seeing both of them start to do what we're used to seeing at Lander. So. Yeah, the boys, uh, or I should say the men's team, they play Wingate at Wingate uh, this coming Wednesday night, 730, and then they got that big matchup on Monday next week. Uh, at Finnish Horn Arena when they take on Erskine. Uh, oh, yeah. So that game's coming. That game. one's coming up next uh, <laughs> next Monday, next a week from today. Week. That will be exciting because I'm going to tell you something. I have seen more from Erskine basketball on Facebook than I did all the football season. So, and you got a new coach at Erskine. So, look out. It could be some fun times coming back over, over there at Due West. You know, not only building the big buildings over there, but they they're, uh, they got the teams going in the right direction. And, and they, they're the same way. It's going to be a defensive led to where you, you know, predicate off your defense to score points. And, and that's what you see nowadays. You don't just see a one-dimension, you know, four-man, three-man weave up and down the court. You don't see that anymore. It's defense that leads to points on the, on the offensive side. And then the ladies, they uh, end up coming up with a big win, 58-56 to 56 over Fayetteville State. Um, uh, gives them the win, and uh, it was uh, Tanya Gordon um, uh, along with uh, Johnson Kelly who were the – 
basically kind of go-to guys that are go-to gals, I should say, <laughs> that, that were up there. They just willed themselves uh, to not let them lose. Tonger, I just can't look at Lander women's basketball and not think about your girl, Sarah Cruz, and I'm just saying, did he leave her off? And no, she's not there. So anyway, Sarah's <laughs> moved on. She's not on the stat line. She's obviously uh, moved up and down. We've got to get the raw. I'm going to go get the roster this afternoon and start looking it over so we can kind of see who it is to look at. And we definitely got to get out in a couple games this year and follow it. Maybe the Erskine game next week but and just follow lander and erskine basketball better than we did last year <laughs> so all right well the girls play wednesday night they'll be uh, up at mars hill um Ooh. so they get to make a little road trip that'll be a 5 30 start just in case you're wondering if you want to know uh kind of a little bit of the history between these two squads uh, last year lander won 81 to 69 um or all that, so that was their last matchup. Uh, actually, it wasn't last year. It was 2010 last year these two teams met. Um, but Lander's on a two-game winning streak in regard. Uh, when you look at the overall uh, record between these two, let me see. Um, conference or no, home. Trying to f – they're five and five. So they're even as of right even, now yep. as far as win and loss records and head-to-head matchups. That going all the way back to 1985. Mm. Good year. We're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> and there could be some weather up there for that game with it being in North Carolina because it's supposed to get cold this week, buddy. Yep. They might see some of that white they stuff might. on the ground. Um, and uh, speaking of Erskine basketball, the guys uh, ended up beating Mars Hill last week. Uh, we mentioned them uh, last Monday. Um, they came up with that 66-67 win uh, in due west. But now they've got to wait until tomorrow in order to play. So they get a whole, basically a whole week to kind of prepare for Johnson and Wales out of North Carolina in the Charlotte area. I, I like what Coach said. You know, he's a new coach, as we said already. But he called that a, that signature win for them because he said, you know what's a signature win for Erskine? We didn't have one last year. So he said, "We've already put one on the board." You know, when you when you don't win a game in basketball, that that's tough to go through a season. We 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 talk about football being tough not win a game, but basketball is even harder. I mean, it, it just is. And like I said, I, I can see that program turning pretty quick. So, so we wish the uh, the guys the best of luck as uh, they'll have another tough matchup coming up on Wednesday. The ladies, though, um, back on Friday, they ended up with a. Uh, a good game against Newberry. They end up losing 54-73 to against the Wolves in that one. Uh, that's kind of a, a conference versus conference that has – I mean, these two do not like each and other. And Newberry Between girls have been good forever. Yeah, they've been good forever. They have been good. So, uh, ended up being a big loss for them um, in that one uh, on Tuesday night. That was at Belk Arena, by the way. They trailed by nine at the half, and they just couldn't overcome that uh, when they started uh, – what. Uh, Newberry started with a 12-4 run to start the third quarter uh, to go along with it. But, you know, overall main point leader was uh, Isaac Cook had 13. Albany Wilson had 13 as well. Uh, rebound, uh, Shanice Mitchell had six. Albany Wilson uh, had uh, uh, just under that at five. Um, and, but the main thing is you had three players with two steals each. That's so key. And like I said, that's where your points are going to come from. So that's exciting. All the right. Wilson sisters is what we're going to call them. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll follow along basketball as we make this transition out of football. It's going to be uh, hard, buddy. Into all that. We've got the it's ACC, SEC championships coming up on Saturday uh, as well. So we'll dive into that on Thursday uh, along with the state championship games in high school. A couple of big ones to talk about there. But uh, the Palmetto Bowl, guys, uh, this past Saturday night, 730. Uh, Donald Trump was in the house. In the house. 
Uh, so it was Luke. He was yep. in the house. Stan was in the house. Giving my Tigers, I'm not going to say the finger, but the L. <laughs> the L, he was. <laughs> Gave him the L in that regard. And, um, boy, this was a defensive battle. A, a lot of things that, uh, when you look at it, that, that both Clemson and Carolina uh, have been searching for, some of it worked, some of it didn't work. It, it was surprising to see kind of what was going on. For Clemson, for some reason, the kicking game was working. You hit yep. three Field goals from 40 yards out. Uh, I mean, Dabo was smiling from ear to ear after the first, but you had two more on top of that, and that's the icing on the cake, as uh, Coach Frank uh, would would usually say. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it was huge. And then the defense for South Carolina stood up, and I was proud to see that for the Gamecocks because that's something that we have said, you know, in the last few games, uh, well, in, before the last three games, as a matter of fact, that the defense had been kind of lacking on and allowing the run uh, to be their Achilles heel, and they stood up, and I think they did well, only allowing Clemson to about 180 yards rushing total. Well, the thing, it, like, like you said, that both defenses played well. Um, the offenses, both of them, they, they showed no creativity. That There was just... It was just kind of, and the fans in the stands. I mean, we're sitting there, and you're waiting on a play. Somebody just make a play, you know, just to get some excitement into the stadium. I mean, defense, they were playing defense, but there were really no big hits, no really exciting plays. You know, it was just the guy take off, run the ball, you tackle him for two yards, get up. Do it again, <laughs> you know, and and it was just and you look up on at the clock and dang, first quarter's over with. Oh, it's halftime, and you're thinking, where did the game go? And you know, and then the game ends, and you look at the scoreboard, and you think Vegas had this at forty nine point five over under, mm-hmm. forty nine. I mean, they're expecting forty nine points to be scored between these two teams. And he, they barely busted 20. Yeah, barely <laughs> half know? that. Eh? Yeah, I mean, and, uh, you know, defense, defensively it was just a struggle. Uh, offensively it just – both teams had receivers dropping passes. And it was chilly. It was. But I think when we got back to the car after the game, it was 48 degrees. So it really wasn't that cold. You know, and <laughs> you would have thought that players with gloves on <laughs> wouldn't have been. You don't think the cold would have hurt them, but uh, well, it's it just some some yeah. bad. It's bad karma, I guess you would say. Yeah. I'm a stash well, it guy. Was, it was a full moon, and we said at the tailgate before we're gonna see something weird happen tonight because it was a full moon. I'm a stats guy, and there wasn't no stats in this game. Neither quarterback had 100 yards. Right. That, that's just weird for me. And the only touchdown we scored at Carolina was Luke Dottie, a former quarterback, on a one-yard dive. I mean, you don't expect that kind of stuff. But I will give Clemson the credit because I, after looking at their stats, I'd have figured they'd scored 30 in this game rushing the football because you had three guys over 100. I mean, you had three guys. I mean, they had, what, 291 yards? Something like that. In rushing. And we only had – like seven carries for fifty-seven yards. So, but they didn't get inside the twenty till the last right. series of the game. Being on break, you but know, just what so. we thought though. Moffin nineteen carries, eighty-nine yards. Boom, 
Shipley, he and Shipley worked well together in back for 15 for 80. Then there you got Klubnik, 11 for 52. So that's 219 rushing between three guys. No touchdowns. So Carolina's defense, they bent, but they didn't break. And like I said, that's the only positive to it. And then like you've already said, man, I, I give a player the game to that poor kicker that's been harassed, beat on, spit on, and everything else all year because he kicked a 50-yarder if you didn't see it. He kicked a 50-yard field goal, three for three on the night. So, And that's your winner. So it, it just wasn't a game we were expecting. Yeah. I was expecting like – Vegas, I expected a really high-scoring game for some reason. We talked about it uh, on Thursday was the fact that Clemson defense and what they did to Drake May against North Carolina um, did not expect them to be better – Going up oh. against Rattler and forcing Rattler um, into you know some Aaron throws, uh, every just about every pass play was contested. I mean, and Beamer even said it. And we'll play his interview here. He knew they were going to be contested. They had to win the fifty-fifty ball. That was just. I mean, that's just what you do to to. And you don't. That's what has befuddled me all year is the fact that you don't see that from other defenses in the SEC. They go there and they harass this guy and they let him. They they force him to run around. If you give him time, and this is going to be his downfall, Stan's going to disagree, but this is going to be his downfall on the NFL because if you're a defense secondary or something, you're going to give Rattler all day to throw it. He's going to throw picks. I mean, he may have as many interceptions as he has touchdowns, but that's the one fault I have against that guy. And like you said, Clemson didn't just did not blitz him to death like everybody else did. But Coach well, is going to tell me something different. on the nine. Yep. The other thing is the way this game started. Um, mm-hmm. and it was not the way that they wanted to. First pass play was a backwards pass. Ends up getting uh, scooped up uh, and returned for the for the, for the six or scooping six to go along with that. And then two plays later, you throw the interception to the same guy that picked it up. Uh, that being the freshman, the freshman played well for Lawrence. Like, yes. But if you if you go back to last year's game, what happened? First series, Rattler throws a pick six. At halftime, you're down nine. You were only down six this year at Carolina, and you're thinking, okay, it's been a terrible game on both sides. I mean, no no offense from either team. So you got to figure out you're going to go in at halftime, you're going to make your changes, and you're going to come out, and you're going to have some success, score at least another touchdown or two, and it didn't happen for neither team. Yeah. I mean, and it's just – it was just so weird. Now, and I had a Clemson guy saying too, those ACC officials didn't he didn't help anybody, <laughs> and there were some calls that were made that we just didn't understand in the stands. There, yeah, and you didn't understand it on TV either yeah, for I both mean, ways. So yeah, I mean the one that really stood out to me, Clemson had the ball. It was like third and one. I think it was Moffa up the middle, got the first down, but there was a flag thrown. Or too many men in the backfield. Now, that had to be a pre-snap penalty. But yet, they gave them the first down, then marked off the yardage. Yeah, don't understand that. (laughs) And I don't know if that's one of the ones they talked about on TV or not, but it it was one we kind of shook our heads at in the stands. All right, well, here's Dan Sweeney um, after the 16-7 to win uh, against the Gamecocks uh, this past Sunday night. All right, well, man, really just fun night, proud of our guys. Um, tough, gritty, hard-fought game. Um, you know, it was a great crowd, great venue, you know, great environment to play a college football game. Both teams, you know, certainly competed really hard. <clears throat> um, but I'm just proud of the, the fight of our team, man. It was, it's been awesome to see. You know, we've been kind of battling – you know, for 
for a while to, to, to respond the way they have uh, from four and four to eight and four, <clears throat> undefeated in November. Um, it's our fifth consecutive win down here. To see these seniors go out of here undefeated here is, is a big deal, and I'm really proud of them. Certainly happy for our fans, um, but just, man, a great November for us, and uh, just couldn't be more proud of these guys. And, uh, you know, again, just their will to win. It was a it was a, uh, a crazy week for us. <clears throat> I gave the game ball to <clears throat> Pat Richards, our trainer. Y'all looking him up. Uh, <laughs> because, I mean, we had very few guys practice this week. It's crazy. Y'all, hell, y'all probably know that anyway. Uh, you know, Larry Williams, he, he, he knows everything somehow. I don't know how, but somehow he knows everything. Uh, but but um, we had so many guys that didn't practice all week. Shipley didn't practice until Thursday. Uh, we had a big run of the flu go through the team. I think we had 12 guys on IVs after the pregame, after, after breakfast this morning. We looked like a dead gum mash unit in there, uh, just trying to get them to the game. We had coaches out, uh, broken hands, broken thumbs, bad feet. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just wild. And I'm just really proud of the, st- of the staff and, uh, our players for, just, just finding a way to, to get it done. I mean, it's just a, it's just a great, great uh, response uh, by all these guys um, tonight. <clears throat> uh, starting with our defense, I mean, they rushed for fifty something yards and we rushed for two hundred something yards. So, you know, it's the difference in the game right there. I thought we won the trenches. Uh, outside of that one drive, they 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 hit the quarterback uh, draw on us and <clears throat> one good run and. You know, had a couple conversions on us on fourth down. We really had, we really had the one on the goal line. We should have made the play, uh, but I think it was eight consecutive punts after that, after that score. So I'm just really proud of our defense, and really honestly, you know, I felt like I was back at Alabama um, in, in in the '90s. Uh, we kind of played to the defense all night. Uh, just you know, we, if you're just really watching the game, we were playing really well. And sometimes, sometimes in games like that, the best offensive play is a good punt. Uh, <clears throat> but we had some gritty yards, some gritty plays. I, I, obviously, we wish we would have finished one or, one or two more. Uh, obviously, we had the turnover uh, opportunity to get some points there. That would have been big for us, but they made a play. Uh, <clears throat> great big play in, to, in, the, in the second half there to Tyler Brown. We were, we were pretty doggone good on third down offensively. Uh, with the, you know, right there at the end, we missed a couple, but I think we were seven or sixteen, and I think they were like two or fourteen or three or fourteen. So that was a big difference in the game. Uh, and then we won the field position battle, won the turnover margin, and we won the field. We kept them on a long field, and it just felt like our defense, you know, had the game under control. And I'm just really proud of them for how they competed, how they played. I mean, Khalil Barnes, <laughs> wow, back to back turnovers. That, I get, they said that's the first time that's happened since Brian Dawkins, I think, was the last guy to do that. And, you know, what a game that young man had. Uh, we had, uh, you know, several several TFLs. But uh, the turnovers, the field position, <clears throat> third down, and then the ability to run the ball, and they can't run the ball, um, was the difference in the game. So so there you have Vidambo Sweeney, his thoughts uh, about kind of how the game went. And, I, and, you know, I didn't realize the flu had gone through until I heard this uh, post-game interview. Anything he said about it, but um, yeah, I mean, like I said, the one thing I did agree with him on there is they won the battle of the trenches, and that's where we have struggled so much on the offensive defensive lines at Carolina. We have got to get better, and that's where we're going to start. 
Um, so all in all, like I said, he was a happy kid. Um, I think you know he's looking to see where he's going to go next to see who he's going to play. And I just I'd love to be on the fly to all if he sees Oregon State in that bowl thing where he gets to go against because it won't be about Clemson Oregon State. It's going to be about Dabo and DJ Uwe and and so I, I kind of hope it kind of happens. I'd like to see it, um, especially with John. Smith leaving to go to Michigan State, which is a weird move. Which means he won't be coaching. Yeah, you're right. He's going to be on the road. So, um, that's just a weird move for me because that kid graduated from there. He was a great player at Oregon State. And then I don't see the love. And and I don't think that that Mel Tucker left Michigan State in in a bad place. But they don't have a quarterback or running back. So, he's going to have to deal somebody somewhere. So, he's got his work cut out for him there. But all in all, Clemson, that's what I expected from him. It really was. And I'd already heard the club make one – I guess on Sunday I heard his and high praise for his line. It wasn't what I did, of course. That's exactly what he said. It wasn't what I did, of course. So he thanked his line. He thanks the running backs. And so just what you expect in a game like that. You know, as a Gamecock, I like to have it on the table. Like this is my Palmetto Bowl trophy, and you you took it from me like that. So I'm looking over here at your cup, and I'm wanting it back right now. But <laughs> nothing we can do till next year, stands Bobby. But I'm more interested now to see what which way both teams go because there are going to be changes made probably both sides of the ball. For both teams. I mean, I I know Clemson have been happy with Wes Godwin. I think he's done a really good job. I like Clayton White. I just am not – I'm not going to accept an offensive coordinator until he's got experience calling plays. I don't care what he does in the NFL. That's irrelevant. So, uh, I certainly hope that's a change we do make. And with Clemson, you got to look at the wide receiver coach yep. uh, change there with Jeff Scott just sitting there as an analyst wanting to get back on the field. And, and who's to say that – I'm going to tell you, if if you do feel like Garrett Riley's not getting the respect he thinks that he should be getting and they're listening a little bit more to Jeff Scott, don't be stunned if this guy and the guy that jumps in that, and I was going to say portal because I got a game caught just went in. Um, <laughs> that's what I've been following all day's portal stuff. But um, don't be surprised if somebody don't call calling Garrett Riley about a job because um, we know he wants to be a head coach. He's not one of those guys like Venables that want to sit back and just wait his time. And then so – I could, could he possibly go – I mean, with all the jobs out there, I mean, Dabo's got to really put some confidence in him now or else he's going to leave. And if you Dabo, do you don't do you not go back to Jeff Scott because you know him? You know what he does? I mean, do you just not go back and say, Jeff, you did such well, a if, – if Garrett gets another job, yeah, yeah. the first one I'm going to talk to is Jeff Scott, and I feel like Dabo will. Um, I just want to see who calls first. Somebody's going to call first. Yeah. Let's see what goes that way. All right, Shane Beamer, um, uh, you saw the interaction at at midfield after the game. and. Kind of awkward, more or less, uh, between those two coaches. You know, they 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 preach a good game and they they have good sportsmanship, but you can kind of tell they really do not like each other. It came to one <laughs> thing, and Stan, I, I, I'm gonna leave it all to Stan because he's gonna disagree with me on this one too. He got out coached. It is what it is. I I just like I said. We got a lot of work to do, and, and like I said, he's the head coach. He said the interview last month, he said, it's my job. I know it's my job. If I want to keep my job, we got to do what's best for Gamecock football, and if it means letting a couple of friends go other places, then that's what we got to do. So that, as, as I'll see the approaches, that's what I'm looking forward to because, you know, unfortunately, we don't have that number we need to go to a bowl. Um, I had somebody ask me the other day, he said, well, what if you're one of those teams that get an invite? Um, and at this point in time, Stan, do you want to go or do you not want to go? I don't think you want to go. I think, um, and hearing what Coach Beamer said after the game, and I don't know if that's well, the we'll one. Well, we'll get that coming up. Yeah. If you got that one coming up, we could play that one first. But, you know, he basically said, you know, recruiting's going to start Monday and um, be at the high school stuff Friday. 
So he's made uh, his mind up. He's he's pretty much made up his mind that uh, you know, and I think you're gonna see a lot more coaches doing this because there's so much issues now that are gonna take place. As soon as that last game's over with, and I don't care if you go to a bowl game or not, you got to deal with the portal and NIL from now till your bowl game. Or even if you're not going to a bowl game, you might have a little more time, be a little bit more relaxed and be able to study it a little bit harder. If you are going to a bowl game, but you don't know which bowl game you're going to, so now what do you do? You know, how many of your players – you got to go talk to each one of them individually, especially your seniors, and say, are you coming back next year? Or your juniors, are you coming back next year? Uh, where are you going? You know, are you thinking about entering the portal? Uh, well, and Shipley's a prime example. He graduates this December. Is he going to give the NFL a shot, or is he going to say, I'm coming back to Clemson, or I'll just get in the portal and I'll go – Maybe North Carolina or somewhere. He's from Charlotte area. You know, who knows where he could go. Uh, and that's what these head co- – and it's, it's every school, and that's just what they're dealing with. So, yep. Well, here's Shane Beamer uh, after the uh, game in the press conference. It took him a little while to get there, but once he did, um, he had, some, he had some, uh, some hard words to say about his team. It's the Clemson – Told Dabo after the game, and uh, it's true, a uh, heck of a performance by those guys to be able to come into this environment um, at night and um, and come out with a win. Gutty performance by those guys. Um, you know, really disappointing performance by us uh, tonight. Um, you know, knew the turnover battle was going to be critical in this game. Dabo will tell you that's kind of been the story of their season and story of our season in a lot of ways as well. And um, <laughs> was it two turnovers in the first three plays of the game. Uh, if I'm, yeah, so, and um, about the worst possible start you could have. Proud of our guys for the way they <clears throat> responded to the adversity early in the game, coming back and tying it up. And just really disappointing. Uh, offensively, they had three field goals. Um, you know, last year we gave them seven points and really gave them nine points with the pick six and then the safety that we had last year. This year we give them seven uh, as well. And defensively we played, you know, well enough to, to win. Uh, held them to, to field goals, weren't able to create as many takeaways as we would like, give them credit for protecting the football. But um, just a really, really, really tough night offensively. My biggest concern going into this game was our ability to run the football and protect the passer because they're loaded on the defensive line. And like I told you guys earlier this week, probably the best, the two best linebackers tandem is the best linebacker tandem that we've played all season. And uh, we were nowhere near good enough offensively uh, tonight. Just couldn't make enough plays and <clears throat> and um, didn't win the turnover battle. And when you do that, it's going to be tough to to win. Uh, it's a hurting locker room in there as well. Feel so crappy for our seniors right now to not be able to uh, give them the finish that, that they deserve uh, deserve this season. Um, proud of the young men that we have in that locker room, without a doubt. They've shown that time after time throughout the season, and and we got it to you know um, the. Um, 
we've won, had won three straight coming into this game and got it to the final round, round 12, if you will, and we just couldn't get it done. So apologize to, um, you know, our fans did their part tonight. We talked about making Gamecock walk bigger and louder than Gamecock Park, Gamecock walk bigger and louder than ever. Feel like it was. Talked about making this stadium louder than it's ever been, and I'm not so sure it wasn't. I mean, it was awesome out there tonight, but uh, in the end, they, they made enough plays and and uh, really played well defensively. Questions? So there you have uh, Shane Beamer and his thoughts afterwards, and and you can you can hear the hurt in his voice. In his voice, it, this game means a lot to both sides of the ball uh, when it comes down to it. The question I've got for you guys is. Uh, being a Cubs fan, I, you know, we got the goat curse that is up there. Is there a third-year chicken curse for coaches <laughs> at South Carolina? I don't know. I, you know, it, it, that was a tough ball game down there Saturday, and it was. Uh, but, you know, life goes on. I mean, it was just one ball game, and uh, it was a close ball game. I uh, you just did not do, and Coach alluded to it, we just didn't do anything. I, the defense held up their end of the ball, held up their end of the bargain. Um, we did get to one INT, so we did get one turnover. So the turnover battle was two to one. But, uh, you know, we did score an offensive touchdown, and your defense held them to no offensive touchdowns. Uh, they did get to one defensive touchdown, but then you held them to field goals. And if you'd have told anybody, even Clemson fans, if you'd have told them that we're going to hold you to three field goals or you're going to win the game, they'd have said, no, you're not going to hold us to just three field goals. We're going to put at least two to three touchdowns on the board. Well, I thought this game was going to be a lot higher. Yeah, I, 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 I had think a 38 28. Yeah. That's one I think I had. Yeah. So. And that's kind of what everybody's talking about, you know, in the, in the 30s and, uh, now, the Carolina folks were a little concerned about the offensive line. You know, could we stand up being uh, – you were going to be starting some more freshmen on that offensive line. And were they going to be able to go up against, uh, you know, seasoned defensive linemen, uh, and, and which they held their own to a degree. Uh, Rattler Steele didn't have but, what, two sacks, I think. So, uh, you know – didn't have a lot of time to throw the ball. Receivers dropped passes on both sides of the ball, both teams. Uh, Klubnik had some passes that he threw that were on that were on target and just dropped them. Uh, I mean, it was just a weird offensive game from both sides. Uh, but both sides played well defensively, so we move on now. I agree with what you said there. Like I said, but for me, though, I mean, we talk, we continue. And this is my problem, I guess, Stan, is every week we talk about offensive line. But yet we don't do anything as coaches about it. But they went out and recruited. They got them. I mean, you play in freshmen. I mean, what more can you do? But it can't, it you can't know, just be the – NFL, you can't go get somebody this well, week and play them next week. It can't just be the the, 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 the tears in the bottles is what I get tired of hearing. I think if a guy's be- not doing his job, you're fired. Yeah. As simple as that. And if you, and if you did it in week two, week three, I'd rather have done that and say, well, we got a, a guy that stood up. And, I, and I, look, Hensley did a really good job because he took Atkins' job. 
Atkins just left because of health, and yeah. I respect Atkins for what he did. Yeah. But if you got a guy that's not doing his job, every week we can't come back and say, our offensive line is pitiful. Our, we can't do it as a fan base or as a team without making the moves that need to be made. And you're right. We have a lot of pressure to play a lot of 12, places. 12 injuries so, to offensive linemen. But, you end up the end of the season, you're playing three freshmen on the offensive line. I hear what you're and saying. You're going, I mean, are we the only team with injuries? What? what? Are we the only team with injuries? No, but uh, <laughs> how many other offense did the Clemson have? Twelve offensive linemen injured during the year. Did they only have? Did they only have two offensive running backs on scholarship that were healthy? Did they lose their number one receiver from last year due to injury for this year? No, they didn't. If you had had Juice Wells, if you had had a healthy offensive line. Well, from, I can say that they did the because Antonio Williams is, was hasn't played since week four. Yeah, but they replaced so. him with Brown, who, who's okay, overshadowed man. everybody. Well, And yeah. that's kind of like Leggett. They replaced Wells with Leggett, but who's your number two guy? You don't have one, yeah. yeah. The thing for me with South Carolina is is who they went out and recruited for that offensive line. And I'll, I'll, I'm going to say this. You started three freshmen well, that no. you went out and got last year. You and went to the transfer portal, year. and you got Fuger from Western Illinois. Now, Western Illinois has been 0-10 the last four years. So you're taking yeah. an offensive lineman that hasn't won a ball game since he started college football and bringing him over to the SEC. I kind of question that move as to, that, to where it's at. That, 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 I can understand that question, but when you start three 18-year-olds in a Division One program on the offensive line, that's a big – now, next year we'll be having a different subject because this offensive line will be a solid offensive line. But if it's not, we're going to reenter the, the – the, You the can reenter it and you can talk then. about the coaching at that point until you go through the season where you don't have 12 offensive linemen. And this is 12 different linemen. Now, this isn't the same linemen getting hurt. This is 12 different linemen. Some of them you lost for the season. And you still were able to do what you were able to do. What yeah. do we do, Stan? What do we do? You won four ball games. <laughs> so what did we really do? What did we accomplish as a Gamecock Nation this year? We won four well, you're games? Gonna, you're not going to have to worry about Rattler next year, so you can scratch him. If you fired an offensive line coach, you fired an offensive coordinator, who do you go get? You got people out there right now looking for jobs. These are the questions you want to answer to. I'm asking you, give me the answer. You want to start? You what do you to want get? to start? I don't. I don't think you can actually come up with an answer because both Clemson and Carolina have been offensively have been an enigma the last two years, and, and nobody that's seems to know what of, the issue really is. That's because both of them have had new offensive coordinators. Clemson's just like Carolina. They fired what's his name from last year. They brought in Garrett Riley, who was playing in the national championship game last year, that they thought was going to be a world changer. But oh, you forget. He had a fifth-year senior at quarterback at TCU. He went to the portal and got him some receivers. At Clemson, he goes in. He's playing a freshman quarterback that had played one game in his entire career. And you're expecting him to go out and win you 12 ball games? It's not going to happen, not at the Division One level. He's, he's not a generational quarterback. And he proved that Saturday when he threw one into single coverage where the guy had a blanket over him and it's intercepted yeah, that, in the think, end zone. I think that was unfair and the for guy that was because wide Rattler open. was just as guilty of there doing was, that. There as was a Kepler guy did, wide so. open. There was a guy wide open 
short that Clubnick could have threw the ball to a five-yard pass, and he might have walked into the end zone. But he overlooked him and went with the deep. Yeah, ball. I don't think that that's a fair analogy because Rattler's just as guilty as Clubnick of all that during this game. He was. Just as he was. Now, both are over, so close that it both of, both of them had receivers that dropped the ball, you know. And now Shipley and Moffa, Moffa started the game. And that we found out Shipley had had the flu, but Shipley came in and played. So he must have been he must have been one of them getting IVs before the game. <laughs> and uh, but then Shipley went rogue on him right there at the end of the game, and I feel sure Dabo didn't like that when he well, got he tackled knew, out of bounds and stopped the clock when he's trying to <laughs> run the clock out because yeah. he didn't want a, a scoop and score from eighty and then have to defend an onside kick. Shipley wasn't thinking about that. Shipley was thinking about putting something on the scoreboard to, his stat, to help his stats. No argument there. I, yeah, I mean, I, I, the only I mean, argument all, I have we is thought that was we sat through lunch now. We're fixing to set through Beamer in his years, his three or four years, and then what do we do after that? That's that's where I stand as a Gamecock fan, man. It's frustrating to continue year after year how about injuries when every dag blame other team in football has injuries. Maybe not 12 linemen, but that's also on, as a co- on the coaches for not having guys ready to play. We also picked a kid up from Princeton, by the way, that I don't think played this year, the kid that we got from in the portal from Princeton. I don't remember his name. But. I thought that's the kid that went to Duke. Oh, mate. well, yeah, you, you might Duke. be right. You he might be right. Duke. He was at Duke and played against Clemson. And like I said, I want the positive things to happen in Columbia. When they're not happening, all we continue here is like tears in my beer. I'm tired of that. And that's Ray, that's Ray right. Tanner there. That ain't, that ain't me. That's Ray Tanner. <laughs> all right. So. All right. Uh, so it'll be interesting. Uh, the Palmetto Trophy goes back up to Clemson. We'll see what happens next year, and this game gets underway uh, once again. Palmetto Bowl, always a lot of fun, um, always a lot of interest. It's been two different games. Well, it's been a different game every time they played. So um, it's been fun to watch all of that. But a great game defensively for me. I know you guys didn't like it quite as much because it wasn't as much offense. But I like the kid. I like the defense. Lou got to go. Luke so you know what? That's go. the positive. That kid got to go on the field. <laughs> and tell his daddy what was going on. He did. So that that was fun for me as overall because, like I said, I've been so many times it's crazy. But like I said, it, it, we'll, we'll evaluate. We know we're going to hit the portal. There's no doubt what we're going to do. So, All right. Well, a couple other games I want to touch on here, uh, one being Georgia uh, taking on Georgia Tech in this one. And Georgia Tech would not go away. They were the pesky Yellow Jackets as always. I mean, you, you, Georgia went in there and stirred the nest with a stick. <laughs> and, and the Yellow Jackets just would not go away. A 31-23 win for the Bulldogs in this one. They ended up remaining 12-0 and overall. And uh, when you look at the leaders, I mean, uh, Georgia put up 437 total yards. Georgia Tech, 363. So the offensive side was there. It was the defensive side, I thought, that kind of let Georgia Tech down in the second half. Well, and, yeah. Go ahead, yeah. And, and Georgia Tech's that team that uh, a new coach, he's finally getting some of his players in, uh, changing – Every system in the book down there from what they were. And I think Georgia may have played down a little bit to the competition level. And that's what we said uh, beforehand. Yeah, is they played and, to the competition. and that seems like that's been their mantra all yeah. year. So, uh, you know, everybody expected Georgia to win. Uh, now, the Georgia fans, they were probably expecting 110 to nothing blowout. But uh, <laughs> we all felt like that, you know, Georgia was going to win the ball game, and it would be – it's a rivalry game. And so you kind of throw everything out the window. And 
Troy Georgia wins by 10, 20 points. It's still it's a win for Georgia. That's all they needed. A one-point win would have been happy with Georgia. That mm-hmm. keeps them undefeated going into next week's SEC championship. championship game. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody expected Kendall Milton, though, to go off for 156 yards. Me. That was no. that was the big thing. That was the stunner. that He well, he finally showed up. We, I'd asked Billy Wade all year, where's this guy been? And he's been behind Dejon Edwards. And, you know, he was 13 for 55. But you, you're not going to lose a game when you rush for 262 and your quarterback doesn't throw it for a little over 130. You're not going to lose a game that way. And I think that's probably what you're going to see. That's probably going to be the mindset for Alabama, I think. Probably so, yeah. Just, uh, just, I'm gonna let you go out there do do your thing, but we got to figure out a way to rush the ball against Alabama. And I just say good luck to that. But um, this is a game we've been waiting for, and like I said, we're gonna finally get to see it on paper or on TV. We've seen it on paper. <laughs> so I'm still looking over here at the game Well, we still second. we still got to look at the Alabama Auburn game because yeah, Alabama Alabama liked to blew that one too, and Alabama may have been looking ahead to the Georgia game instead of taking care of business with Auburn like Auburn did the week before against New Mexico State looking ahead to the Alabama game. And all of a sudden they took a butt whooping. Now they come back, okay, we focused on Alabama now. And they must have practiced for three weeks against Alabama instead of worrying about yeah. New Mexico. And so well, they you were kind of ready for them. You remember a Clemson team about three years ago that, that came out? It was business as usual. That's kind of the way I felt with Alabama coming that's into way this Iron Bowl. That's the way it's been all year. Yeah, the Iron Bowl. go win. Yeah, just they yeah. walk in, they just kind of take care of business. There's not really any emotion that is there. Where all the emotion was on Auburn's all side the entire ball game, and it just seemed like Alabama couldn't get any of the momentum going. Y'all were talking about Nick, where they were practicing. You heard what Nick said they were practicing that last play. Mm-hmm. He said we practice that all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I mean, I just now, I don't think he practices <laughs> as a fourth. And go from the thirty-one. And I, no, I don't no, think he far of a throw. He he throws. Yeah. He makes that throw and makes that uh, runs that pattern to that place in the end zone. But uh, it was four. We got to remember that was fourth and really thirty-one. I mean, they had to be there too. It had to be there. If you didn't convert that one and you didn't get a pass interference call or something, or holding on the defense, something, the game was over. And but. Alabama just wins another one. And, <laughs> and so, I give Milroy, you know, I do, I don't give Milroy everything he deserves and Stan corrects me on it. He had 259 passes and two touchdowns, but he also had 18 carries for 107 yards. So, I mean, that's two touchdowns. That's definitely, I tried that 400 yards for the game. Mm. You're doing what you got to do now. Now he goes out and throws that up next week against Georgia. That, that might put some on the table. So, well, it, 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 he's not losing the game for him. He may not be winning it. But he's not losing it for him, and that's all Saban's asking him to do. That's right. Don't lose it. And that's what Kirby just told, you know, Carson. I mean, back when he, back when he came yeah. in this year, he said, you saw what, you know, the 39th has done for us all year. That's all I'm asking you. Go out there and don't lose the games. But mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you, all year long I have given Hugh Freeze a hard time. He didn't walk into anything at Auburn. We no. know that. Yeah. Uh, you, when you're counting on Peyton Thorne, who had been through every Big Ten school up there, to be your starting quarterback and then – he just had nothing. Jarko S. Hunter had a pretty good first half. Nothing after that. But, like I said, the Alabama defense is where it's at when they play Georgia, and it's going to be the Georgia defense where it's at. So, that might be your two-to-nothing game. Might be those two playing. You're not saying it's going to be another Iowa game. <laughs> it could be an <laughs> Iowa game. It could be. It could be, yeah. But then, you know, we sit here and we say that, and this is going to be one of them 52-51 to 51 <laughs> games where the offense just – 
both offenses will just lighten up scoreboard and neither defense can stop the other team. I think if he gets there, I think Georgia's going to win another one. But <laughs> who knows? That's another game you can flip a coin on. Yep. All right. Uh, one other game I want to touch on because it has some significance for uh, Greenwood's very own Sam Pickney is he uh, made history in Coastal's second uh, offensive possession. He uh, had a 15-yard reception uh, to become the Sun Belt Conference career leader in receiving yards. Uh, to go along with that. So congrats to him. And here's a little bit about what he had to say uh, concerning that catch and what it meant to him. I'm blessed, but uh, the circumstances that happened today, I mean, it just just turned out, you know, not our favor. But, I mean, I'm blessed to, to be in that position. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's a really good person I look up to, like watched film growing up. So, uh, I mean, I'm honored to be in that, that situation. Sam, what was the biggest thing that JMU was doing to you guys defensively? that uh, put you guys behind the chains and, and kind of kept you guys stuck in the mud? Uh, I mean, they're, they're a really good team. Uh, I felt like we kind of just hurt ourselves. I mean, um, we shot ourselves in the foot a lot, a lot of times. Defense was making a lot of plays uh, for us, and they were getting, we were just getting three and outs, and, I mean, that, that just hurt us. And, I mean, uh, but they're a really good defensive team. Uh, they, had a, they had a scheme for us. They had a plan, and it showed today. So there you have Sam Pickney and his thoughts, uh, not only f for breaking the record, but also for what he thought the defense did to him overall. It's, and this was, let's just take it like a, this was a beatdown. Um, uh, as James Madison comes in here and they open up with, with what, 21 second quarter points to go along with that and uh, go into the locker room down 28 to nothing and then they just uh, continue to lay it on uh, coming out in the second half and this game you know 56-14 being the final in it but Coastal Carolina did put up some offense Chris. They did Ethan Basco stands new man yeah true freshman, freshman Chesapeake uh, like I said 21 for 29 now that's passing the ball mm -hmm. 254 touchdown. Not only that, he rushed the ball for another touchdown, 45 yards. Uh, the thing I knew, he looked for my man, Mr. Balthazar, who had the mm -hmm. touchdown receiving. Now, he only got one catch for three yards, but it was a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So, my man Balthazar is, is ready to play. The question I would have probably is, would have been into Grayson McCall. What is guest? Is he a junior or a senior? No, he's a senior. Okay. He's a grad well, no. senior. Yeah, grad Yeah, I was going to say he's so a senior or grad senior. That's big yardage for that kid to get in yeah. there and get that game in that situation like that. So, all in all, man, you can't be upset with it because, like I said, what's his name? Jordan McLeod. I mean, coming into the year, he's got 3,500 yards for the season, 32 touchdowns. I mean, he had a big game. He had 324 and five touchdowns and a pick. And that was, that was the game. But, like I said, that's what put you down going to the second half. But all in all, man, Sam Pickney, congrats. Greenwood man living it up. Um, and I didn't realize it was T.Y. Hilton whose record he broke in Sunbelt. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Well, and he also, he just added to that number of consecutive games with the catch. He's yep. at, I think he's standing at 58 now. Yeah. And that's. That'll be that's difficult. Gonna, that's going to be difficult for anybody. That'll be break. difficult. The yardage <laughs> you might get, but I don't. And the yardage is going to be tough. But, uh Fifty-eight games in a row with a catch. That's, That's huge. That's huge. The other thing is, Sun Belt has the most teams that are bowl eligible, all one ahead of Clemson, um, or not Clemson, but the ACC, and then the SEC was right behind uh, the ACC in that regard. That was what I was going to ask Stan one time. What if it comes out, Stan, that, that Carolina gets an invite to the Conway Bowl? Would we I take still, that? Maybe I still don't think he's going. <laughs> I'm go. trying to see if we'll play if we play close to home. So. I, I still don't think. He's I wouldn't go. go either. I'm just saying. I just thought that'd be pretty cool if we did. That was the offer we got. But all in all, man, football man, about to cry. Football's over. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, we uh, still got another week. We do. We still got the yeah. We still got that going on. So we'll see what the ACC championships have to bring overall. But right now, let's find out what happened with Chris's chaos this oh, week. Oh, and five. <laughs> you didn't do so well. Coastal, coastal <laughs> called me. Of course, the game cost cost me. Uh, I appreciate you letting me take the game cost back because I was you did that to me. Uh, but like I said, um, I didn't. It was just it was tough, man. Because like I said, it was it was rivalry for one. Um, Nebraska let me down. Um, Oregon State let me down. DJ Uwe. and I, I I did that pick for you because like I said, I've been impressed with what Oregon State's done and the coaching staff at Oregon State. Because what they've done is they took they had a quarterback last year. He's on the bench now because DJ came in and DJ beat him for the job. Mm-hmm. So that's the reason I kind of took that pick. But Oregon's just a team on fire right now. Yeah, and Utah, which is the team they ended up playing, yeah. ended up with a really good defense. It's their yeah. offense that they've got all the injuries on. They do, man. It's just it's that time of the year. And like yeah. I said, I'm gonna go ahead. And I'm gonna let Stan know really quick. We're gonna lose Donovan um, Westmoreland to the portal later this afternoon. He'll be first game cock. And I hate that because, like I said, the kids, he's out of Georgia. He picked Carolina over Georgia, so he, he might turn around and say, hey, Kirby, you need, you need, you need a defensive back or an edge rusher. So, and this kid was going to be pretty good for the Gamecocks. Well, and, and, of course, just because he goes in doesn't mean he's going to go. And you're right. I and mean, there that, are a lot of them. I mean, we talked about Grayson McCall last year when he went in. And with his numbers, you would have thought that somebody would have yanked him real quick. But then Grayson – thought the better of it and said, no, nah, I'm going to go finish my career. And, and We applauded for that. Yeah. <laughs> and I and think, you know did. what, I think he, overall, I think that will help him when Combine comes around because they're going to yeah. integrate some McCall is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. 0-5. I can't believe it. So, would you finish up? Uh, well, you I didn't do it like Willie did this year. I, I did not great. <laughs> I mean, not great. But like I said, when, when you're dealing with chaos, it's not like you're, ta- you're taking number one against – all right, we'll, we'll, we got one more week. We'll do the the championship games, games yeah. and then uh, and then we're gonna hold well, you, you know to he's, the, the. You know he's the gonna pick season. the ducks over the over the apple pickers up there. So we'll get into that on Thursday because it's gonna be interesting. You play teams second time around. You got a little confidence, a little swag on that defensive on the loser side coming back at you, as we know at Greenwood. I'm gonna do high school too. We're gonna do high school. We're gonna do some high school picks Thursday. So. We'll, we'll get our picks in for who we got, who we're pulling for. Uh, so I can I'll probably guarantee you, I'm gonna take Oceanside. I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> that's that's just chaos if I don't. So if All I do right. pick, I had to have a chaos pick. That's who it would be. So all right, um, who earned their money? That's the next question that we've got, uh, and it doesn't have to stick with just Clemson and Carolina here. We can go just about anywhere. Uh, when you well, get well, those ones. we'll start off with Clemson. I think we we can get the money to the defensive players because I think we both saw that day. They earn their money. Uh, Chris commented on it. The the walk on, well, well, he was a walk Khalil on. Khalil Burns, uh, and yeah. he came came back in as a kicker. Oh, Wes. you know, where anyway, and this guy was sitting at home in Charleston, getting ready to go to work in New York City. Uh, so That's he, a move I don't get, understand either. If you're you know, in Charleston, get, stay in Charleston. What get, you want in New York? He's going to work on the stock. You can stock trade at home. But uh, <laughs> anyway. you know, we're gonna give him his money. But and then. Coastal, you know, we're going to give Sam his money for setting the records that he has set. And and not only because he's a local Greenwood boy, but when you when you have 58 games in a row where you make a college catch and then you put up the yardage that he's put up, I mean, this kid's going to the pros. We're going to see another Greenwood kid playing in the pros. I mean, he's got the body size. He's got all the skills that they're looking for. He's got the talent. That's exactly right. right so. uh, no. You know, then you, you get into looking at some of the other games. 
you know, the Alabama coming back. I mean, just the coolness of my to stand back there and deliver that pass on fourth and 31. <laughs> and then the receiver to just go get the ball and catch it like, oh, this is just practice. We practice it every day. Ask Coach, he'll tell you. Yeah, you couldn't ask for better coverage on that <laughs> yeah, play either. Yeah. I mean, he uh, he, he would have called the ball. Yeah. Be, I'm going to tell you, I'm taking the penalty. I'm yeah. pushing them out of bounds. It's going to be fast interference. They're going to get the ball up further, but they're not going to get it at the goal line like in the NFL. But I'm taking the penalty. But, yeah, Milro, he got his money. Like like you said, Bo Nix had 400 yards passing yeah. in his game. Jaden Daniels stands high on him yeah. for Heisman. I'm, I'm high for him, too, because, like I told you, he and Joe Burrow have the same numbers almost. If you look at the stats from their senior year, they get their numbers are the same. So, it's almost – you almost got to let him have the Heisman. So – and, and you look at Florida, they did not earn their no, money this no, week. Florida no, has been no. a disappointment uh, well, pretty much with Mur- I think that's a different ball game if the Florida quarterback plays. I, I really do. Yeah, Mertz. And I'd, I'd really like to see Mertz against Travis if, of course, that's the Florida State quarterback mm-hmm. that's out for the year. I'd like to see that game with those two guys at quarterback. Because their numbers are that close. Yeah, they're they're I mean, that it close. Would, it would have, I think the coaches would have called the game a little bit different. And that, that's another game that I was kind of disappointed in some play calls. But, you know. Hey. Best game they played this year, in my opinion. Talking about Florida State. Yeah. Complete game. Didn't have to have the offense to win it. Defense won the game. And now I believe they can beat Louisville with defense. Well, Kentucky beat Louisville. I mean, yeah, Kentucky. I mean, I mean, they shut Plummer Lu- Louisville. Will be at a disadvantage this week going into the ACC championship game because that defensive front and that offensive front that Kentucky had, those were gorillas. I mean, those guys are 6'7, 350, and they're beating on you. And I think that's, you know, when you get beat on like that, it takes more than a week to get over them bruises. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it still should be a good game with Louisville this week. They still got my boy, uh, Joe Hart Jordan. That's my key. But and Jabari Trash. The <laughs> ACC has got to hope that Florida State can beat Louisville. Now, Florida State's not coming in unscathed there. They're coming out without their number one quarterback. But uh, Florida State needs to stay undefeated so that they'll have a chance to get into that final four in the playoffs this year. Yeah, take Rodemacher because they got to give them yeah. a game plan. Because if they don't, if Florida gets beat by Louisville. Question to ask for ACC's Thursday out. is uh, in the ACC championship game, or I should say the SEC championship game, if Georgia loses. Who do you uh, take? Who do you take? Which one <laughs> of the, you, the SEC teams you coin? put up there, man? Do you flip a coin? <laughs> <laughs> Does Alabama not get in, but you put Georgia in a third and well, fourth? Well, you, you, got, you say, okay, well, you look at, well, who has the best win, best win in the year? Well, it's Alabama beating the number one team in the nation <laughs> that hadn't been beat in 29 <laughs> ball games. If that's not the best win of the year, who is? Tell me somebody else in those top four or five that would have a win bigger than that one. I think if Florida State wins the ACC, they're not going to be held out because they're going to still be number three team. Yeah. So if they do it now, if Louisville wins that game, yeah, there's your argument. It's a whole different. Oh yeah. A whole different. So as SC guys, you got to hope that Louisville does win that game. Well, and that's just like what if Oregon beats Washington, and you've got two one-loss teams out there. Ohio State's already got their loss to mm-hmm. Michigan, and it was a bad loss. And it was a bad. Loss. So, <laughs> so I mean, you know. It comes down to best win. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not on the committee. I think Oregon Washington is going to be huge. For them That's going to be the biggest. I, and I dare say both of them quarterbacks throw for 500. 
a piece, Penix and Mimbo Nix. So. Is that game being <laughs> played crazy. in the dome? You know, I think. I mean, you know, Stan. I think the way they did it last year was they played the game at the team that won the overall, which it would be at Washington. They play at home, which doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I'd rather them play it like the Coliseum or somewhere. Somewhere. But yeah. I think it, since they won the the uh, overall re- the conference, and I think it's going to be in Washington. But it was a close game first time. I'm not worried about where the game is. I'm just worried about the teams that show up and the totally different Oregon team now. I mean, this defense is really good too. So we'll see. Right. What do you think Georgia has the advantage playing in the Georgia Dome? Oh, of course. Oh, even though with Alabama, it's, it's, Alabama will have seventy five percent of the tickets bought up. They might have already <laughs> bought them up, just yeah. not even know if they were going to. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. That Alabama's done bought all the tickets. Georgia, good luck. They're trying, trying to, to find them. In. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? We'll figure it all out on Thursday. Should be a fun one as we take a preview look. We get into a little bit more basketball as well with Carolina and Clemson. Uh, Amanda Butler had another big win this past weekend. I did watch that game. So I'm telling you, Tom Carroll. And <laughs> she picks up another what they call a four-star. Not a five, but a four-star yeah. that Carolina wanted from New Jersey. But like I said, we got so many, it doesn't really matter. So. <laughs> we'll give you one. <laughs> All right. With that being said, we thank uh, Stan Spivey, the coach, for joining us here today. Also, thanks to Chris Cox. You guys are awesome. Uh, B-Rad back at the bar. Also, thanks to uh, Howard Corley letting us uh, broadcast yeah. here uh, from Corley's. Uh, come by and join us. 2.30 is usually when we get things started, as uh, the bar is usually full by about 3 o'clock. So you can come on out and take part in some of the great activities that go on this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night here at Howard's on Main. Guys, thanks so much. We'll have a great week, and we'll see you on Thursday. Thursday here on the Lakewood Sports Guys.